Hey, welcome to this 23rd edition of Clarity Chat. I have with me V. Srinivas Rao, former CEO of Tech Mahindra and the author of Lean Digital Thinking. Our discussion today will focus on transforming into a global professional from a point of not knowing even Hindi or English well. Learning from implementation failures, executing TechM, internal digital transformation, the book itself, Lean Digital Thinking, and how should enterprises leverage system integrators effectively. We will also discuss his social entrepreneurship, leading various forums and acting as a catalyst for tech transformations. This is the 23rd episode of Clarity Chat podcast. And here comes an exciting discussion with V. Srinivas Rao, former CD of Tech Mahindra, fondly called VSR. Welcome, VSR. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent. You get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders, shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. So VSR, uh, before we start talking about your journey, first tell us about you know the starting point when you did not know English, you did not know Hindi, and uh, you had an interesting inter- uh, incident in an alien land. Tell us yes. about that. Even I did not know Tamil, where I did my masters in engineering in Coimbatore. <laughs> okay, so okay. in Coimbatore we can manage with Telugu most of the time. So. You know, I completed my master's after that. I got TCS and DRDO as a scientist. I choose to join TCS. At that time, software was sort of uh, booming. So first I joined in Delhi. You know that at Delhi, hardcore Hindi. And uh, I was not proficient in English also. So uh, it is very difficult to mix up with the teams there. They talk 90% of the time in the Hindi, even in the office. Okay. So you don't understand properly. So one joke I will tell you. So one of my friends asked, can I join you? Aate a jate ja, I told him. What is that meaning he asked me? I told him, if you want to come, you come. Otherwise you go. That's where my intent of telling you. <laughs> Aate a jate ja. I don't know whether it was right or wrong. Okay. Aate a, it's a true translation of Telugu to Hindi. Right? So those were the moments at uh, Delhi. But somehow... Uh, struggled uh, to write uh, a four fields uh, program myself, my colleagues who joined mechanical engineers. So called, they joined into the coding, which was a very boring job at that time. So it took uh, one week, day and night, and uh, the project manager and the module leaders were surprised why this half an hour program these guys are writing seven days, day and night, right? So that was the stage, but it was a great platform at uh, Tata. I always believe one is I'm, I'm born from Tata as a uh, leader. So, a Tata product, of course, Vahindra product also. 
So that's yeah. one. And in uh, English, when you talk about that, uh, funny stories happened when I first went to US. After nine months of my joining in TCS, uh, I got an opportunity to go to US where I told my boss I don't want to go. He said, are you a fool? <laughs> there, are, there are some kilometers of people are standing there to go to US. Just go. Then I went there. Two incidents I share. So one is uh, I went to Magni there first day, uh, second day. Uh, I asked for something. Then uh, one of the who, who is serving there told me something. I said yes. Then she gave me, I took to my office and uh, what were the food items. Second day I went, say, something they said, I did not understand the accent. They said yes. Then they gave me to eat there. I did not understand. I said answer yes. But what she de- she said or what the other guy said, I did not understand. It took me 10 days to 15 days to know that they are saying here to go. You want to take here or you want to go? Okay. I did not understand the accent and English. So that was the level. I used to also, I mean, it's very difficult to manage the accent. In 96, I went to first time and all. So again, uh, everything, uh, your uh, technology abilities solved. A lot of problems helped you and also the amount of effort you put it. After that, I realized that I have to improve. So maybe thousands of thousands of wherever opportunity comes in Tata TCS, you go and talk. People laugh, people smile. It doesn't matter. Just go and speak, 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 learn, learn, learn. Things somewhat improved. I don't say I'm great even today in English, but yes, we can manage. So tell us, uh, uh, you know, you had uh, three uh, sort of uh, students of mechanical engineering, you know, the diploma, B.Tech and M.Tech. And uh, then you had two choices. So what were they and uh, and, and and what was your first job like? I think I, I got uh, a DRDO as a scientist. That is the first uh, job. And I got uh, TCS. Even I got ISRO interview, but I did not prefer to go there uh, because I, I want to choose between DRDO and uh, TCS. So after so much of exploration, talking to friends, family and all, I decided to go to Tata, uh, Tata Consultancy Services. My, my, my professors were not happy. They said, you did mechanical engineering, uh, three years diploma, another three years B.Tech, and another one and a half year M.Tech. Uh, all this get wasted while you're going uh, to software engineering and all. But finally, you know, I took a, but yeah, it was great journey. In technology, there is nothing like, uh, you might lose something to get something. So. If I can probably, if I were in DRDO, probably I could have followed uh, Dr. Kalam's path and try to do something great for the country. So, yes, sir, uh, uh, you know, being a mechanical engineer, I think initially you had a bit of confidence issues. And tell us that incident with Debu, you know, which uh, kind of just uh, changed your trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I went first time. Um, of nine months to years, so just simply like everyone, I did not, I did not know what was the meaning of a vision, objectives, or something called creativity, innovation. So my friend and myself, uh, he he was from Calcutta, so I myself and uh, he stayed in the same room. He realized that there is something a talent which I have, which I am not able to leverage it and express it to the customers. Okay. I started doing so many because we were in the same room, right? I used to do something. I think if you do like this, we were in the same project also. So when I started telling we could do like this, we could do like this and all, then he motivated me and told, uh, I think you have something, uh, an hidden talent, you have to unlock that. 
so that's where i am always thankful to him um he is from calcutta uh, so after that uh, what i did was uh, as i said i think i did not tell you first project i got into beta's pascal and a series mainframe i was not interested in that but my boss told because you are not interested but this is a new skill you learned somehow i learned that after that in us also again it was a tandem mainframe a fault tolerant machine tal tackle and all so but i went there so what i did was i developed so many automation tools of course now we call so many things like devsecops and ai and all of course it was not the case 96 97 time but uh, there are so many utilities and uh, uh, the tools were developed by me using tackle tal and all languages with that what happened was uh, for every customer come to my customer right usually they were in a banking software my customer there was an upgrade projects like the 100 200 uh, banks were there they have to upgrade them so all those banks when they come they stay 3 months at us along with us we represent the uh, company which has the banking software we used to do that every day we were able to save 1000 dollars at the time as far as the human interventions required because a lot of automations which they never imagined they never thought of of course it may not be that great so with that i think i realized that the automation power and how the productivity quality can be improved not just like you said the processes are important but the processes if they are not automated at the time also i realized and made sure that the overhead is reduced the cost was reduced for every customer every day 1000 dollars three months almost it's an average that's a great recognition happened to me and uh, i think it was all so so vsr uh, i mean this is like a good i would say early uh, peek into your uh, what i call as a product mindset you know that is like whatever you are doing you try to convert it into a reusable you know uh, sort of collateral which with very less effort can be used again so that's a product mindset right so if right. i start even with, let's say you know a, a template for a letter you know a template for a proposal right so that's a product mindset so so you showed it very early So tell us. Uh, yeah, I, I actually want to put a give a lot of time to your book, VSR. Uh, so let's go through it. Rather sure. Little, uh, quickly. You know, you had uh, you had some failures uh, early on. You know, one where you were almost threatened with a lawsuit. Your company. Yeah, so tell right. us about the failures and uh, you know what what were your learnings from them and what did you bounce back with? maybe two major uh, failures one i bounced back uh, another i got sunk <laughs> so the first one was uh, when i was in uh, my first company uh, tcs uh, we were doing some government projects so i was responsible for andhra pradesh and uh, tamil nadu and uh, uh, the other project managers were there i was uh, sort of uh, given a challenge at three and a half years of my career that's where the great part of tata the tcs Yeah, I think they throw you into the ocean. If you swim, you are the hero. Otherwise, they will say they give you a helping hand. But you need some more time. Come out, learn something, and then swim again. Right? So at three and a half years, uh, I became project manager for 35 people team. But what happened was, uh, I don't want to blame anyone, but when you share the load among multiple centers in a company, right? Bombay, Lucknow, Hyderabad, and all. So, you, for example, Hyderabad requirements. Uh, that means AP and uh, Uh, Tamil Nadu requirements also needs to be covered by others for all modules. If you divide right, okay. Let us say if I am responsible for ten modules, others ten modules, other ten modules, ten modules I am responsible for all. But what happened was when they released this product is ready and we delivered without doing any testing at Hyderabad. 
which was came from other centers, then it backfired. So the requirements given by AP and uh, uh, Tamil Nadu were not meeting there. How we should focus? They focused on their customers' requirements and all. Then one thing helped. There is the relationship. Even at that age, so I used to have an extraordinary relationship with the topmost of X. And on the second level, I went to second level. I told this is the problem. I don't want to fight. I need ten days. If I fail, then you escalate it. But please give me ten days. I will uh, turn it around. If I don't do that, then you escalate it. Then I will take the blame. But uh, thankfully, my friend gave ten uh, days time. Day and night we worked. We cleaned it up, and we made sure that uh, our project uh, basically got. So the relationship became a cushion there. Even it was a failure, and we bounced back. That's the first one. Second one, very horrible failure. So with this project success, when you are in India, when you are having the support from so many entities, and my success, I attribute to 50% of the quality management system of TCS at that time. I don't know how it is today, right? So on 50%, of course, my struggle, and maybe some senior people, you go and ask them some support. Okay, now you became a superstar. Five years, you become assistant consultant in TCS at that time was the fastest track growth. And then you went to UK as an account manager for one of the accounts which just started. You have to grow it. And one more guy who was my peer, uh, exactly we were close friends also. We both went there. But two challenges I faced there. I went with hyper confidence that when I was able to manage this 35 people project, can I can't I do that even in London? But it is a wrong assumption. So we took the people with Visual Basic and Mainframe guys trained in Java. Java at that time was very new, and no architect was there. So we went there, and there were some people from different countries. Backlash was there on outsourcing and all, and testing was done by 20 years experienced people. These kids are not able to stand along with me. Then it is a complete failure. Then that failure, uh, anyhow, it's a tried my level best. So what the findings there is? My project management or account management was exceptional. But not able to have the right crew to take it forward. So client wants to sue us with uh, around one million dollar and all. So as usual, you know that uh, the next guy will say that your boss, you are, uh, you failed, you did not do it and all. All those blame game will be dealt. So I sent a very blasting mail to him, like, uh, who gave this job to you? You don't fit for this job. That's the mail I sent to my boss. Then one of the senior guys, uh, sort of my mentor, told me, don't send mails like this. Send mails like love letters. If you want to blast, take a phone and blast. But of course, even phones you record. At that time, it was not that much a problem, right? So finally, okay, the lessons learned here is uh, good team is required, and that is the mistake I did it. But I realized, but the organization has to support where it is required. That did not happen at that moment of the time. And third, but we safeguard there is my project management exceptional. We were able to prove a point with my review minutes of meeting status cards and all. 60% problem is with you, my dear friend. 40% is with us. Sorry, this doesn't work. I think let us move forward and then do something. So that's where I think uh, a failure, but not able to bounce back, but able to safeguard the company with project management at that time. It is around 2000. Oh, the project management, in my view, is nothing but without documentation, no proofs. Who can really trust us, right? We should have that. So. You raised one point. I always tell my team, even today, okay, if you as a project manager, you should see at least three weeks ahead. If you are a delivery head, I'm talking about SA language. 
you have to look at at least three months. If you are a CEO, you need to look at at least three years what is going to happen. If that level of predictability is not there to you, then I'm sorry, you better don't take that role. You have to predict and you have to mitigate. Again, you know, I want to spend more time on your book. So let's quickly talk about you and your next set of strengths in Infosys, iGate, Satyam, and you know, just talk about, you know, one big achievement and maybe one big learning from each of these assignments. I think uh, after seven years, I left Tata, but uh, that's the first company probably. When I saw Rotten Tata in the airport, I got TSO, I'm leaving this company. But after that, I did not get years leaving any company. Okay, uh, that's that's all association uh, Tata. Because if that was a pride when we go, why another important point when I go out, when the Tata brand is there, my conference used to go up 100 times. It's just a brand, Tata, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Infosys uh, two years stint, exceptional. I was always uh, top. But I found uh, a difference between uh, first and second company is like risk taking ability. As I said, uh, my first company asked me to do the project management at three and a half years of experience. But you basically see in the second company quite opposite. So, they test you, they basically, uh, whatever the past, they don't care. So it took six months for me to prove myself and after that I got uh, most valuable uh, award uh, from Narayan Murthy as one of the uh, best achievers and uh, be the best award. That means uh, I took again, usually Jagadish have an uh, attitude of creating opportunities. I don't uh, believe in doing this work, what is my responsibility. That's my attitude is I think 15 to 20% additional time I have to spend by creating new opportunities. One of the opportunities created in uh, Infosys was be the best. That means we want to make sure that the Infosys center, which started with 150 people, I was one of them there in Hyderabad. There was no brand at that time in this part of the world. I took the challenge and we come up with at that time with Kakal was the center head. So be the best program and we made sure that we get the award and we basically, uh, that is another great achievement I can tell. So they, they're only my leadership team told VSR is basically a strategy to execution guy. It's not just talking something. Uh, and he executed and he delivered the results. I think that's a great achievement. After that, um, I joined uh, iGate. Uh, it was a something like uh, we all come from Infosys. Of course, I came from Mohan Shaker Road, not the other route. So uh, he was a delivery head and the chief uh, delivery officer and all. There the uh, challenge was, I never worked in the SAP Oracle, Enterprise Solutions. Till that time, we were working only in managing projects, um, IBM uh, Visual Ace for Java or <laughs> something like uh, Oracle Developer 2000, Designer 2000 and all. So, Mohan Shekhar told me, hey, uh, there is some challenge, you want to take it up, this is SAP or Oracle. Okay, challenge. Right. What's that? That means you elevate one more level up. Alright, joined as a delivery manager there. So, I realized in three days of my assessment, there was one company acquired by iGate. And it was like a hard work, it was a hostile acquisition. Okay, so a few examples, you imagine how much hostile was there. The senior managers of the practice left with 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes scheduled resignations. Came to me as a mails. It's a planned resignations. Next to them, the 11 team leaders left in a month. And imagine the story now, every day till 2 o'clock, every customer blasts you. But, but I, I, I never told that there is a situation like this because I told them there is a problem, right? Somehow managed, but I recruited 35 people without knowing SAP Oracle with my chest. What I need is leadership and ability to learn and a good attitude. 
they told I worked in SAP or Oracle. You believed that, right? So I basically assessed them. Six months it took, and uh, we turned it around. And then I went to US and met customers. Then I think uh, everything set right. Two years I did there. After that, I felt usually there is a problem and an opportunity. I want something new. I can't work in a monotonous, repeated environment. So after that, uh, then I got a call from Satyam. I know one of the friends, Vijay Prasad, is my close friend. Of course, he lent to me. So then, then I joined Oracle there, Oracle Practice. Okay, so there I think uh, two years, two months stint in Satyam. I was I joined as a head of all emerging practices, Oracle Retail, Oracle Healthcare, Oracle Life Sciences, Oracle etc. All verticalizations thing and all. You know that 2009 the crisis happened, right? Uh, that's what the first time I think uh, the Indian IT got shaken up, the whole world got shaken up. Uh, the incident happened in Satyam. So by that time I completed just two and a half years. So then a lot of senior people left or asked to go in Satyam once the Tech Mahindra took over. Then I became the global head for Oracle. Tech Mahindra gave me an extraordinary opportunities. These young guys can do better job. They gave me an opportunity to lead a one twenty five million dollar business at that time. Right? You realize now nobody wants to work with us. We were untouchable. We were untouchable to industry analysts, untouchable to the partners. Nobody wants to join us. One of the business tycoon in the IT industry made a statement that Satyam is tainted. Satyamites are tainted, and uh, nobody please don't join and don't take them to our organization. And unfortunately, it was not the problem of the employees. At that time, I was the president of PMI PCC. PMI now today addressed here, right? PMI Pearl City Chapter. Deloitte invited me to address them on project management. Then I went to Deloitte with Satyam logo. It just happened the scam two three days uh, or one week before that. Some people said don't go with Satyam. And I said I will go with Satyam and I talk. I represent Satyam. Okay, so the boat should not sink. That was the attitude, right? And it took three years. Uh, believe me, that this is not easy job. How to create that positive brand in all stakeholders, customers, employees, partners, and uh, we remember the days where we closed the doors. In the Mahindra Satyam, when we asked to uh, some of the people to leave because of the challenges, because we don't want any incidents happen there, right? We put an ambulance, and it was a great change management. And I can never experience such type of a thing, and I don't want also. But three years later, I brought Oracle Practice to two hundred million, and it was in the Gartner uh, Challenger quadrant, uh, which they don't want to even assess. And we became a platinum partner at that time. It was greatest uh, status for Oracle. Diamond was there, of course. That's one. That's I think uh, the great uh, story there. The so VSI likes quickly uh, now come to you know your uh, uh, Techem uh, uh, stint and tell us like you know a couple of stories about you know the the digital transformation in Techem that uh, that you undertook. Yeah, I think after Oracle stint, yeah, Oracle stint, I want some new challenge again. Three years over now, it is quite normal uh, operation. So. And then again, don't give you kick, right? So you have to take up some other challenge. So I think probably I was one of the pioneers, probably in starting the digital businesses in the IT industry in India, like in companies. Like there are so many companies out there. So we started something called Nmax at uh, TechMinder. So you know that one company called Smack, another company called Closomo, Soclomo, uh, Nmax, Smack, and all. I think we. We collaboratively confused the customers with all these jargons, right? 
So six months uh, we invested a lot on this NMAX. So that means uh, networks, uh, mobility, uh, mobile, mobile and analytics, the cloud. S means three things: uh, sensors, social media, and uh, security. That's where NMAX NMAX was there. So when we go to the customer and passionately going telling them now the world is with these rainbow technologies, I used to call that NMAX is a rainbow technologies. Then people used to ask, is it a stack? Is it a platform? Is it a strategy? When to use which technology? Okay, NMAX, but when to use which technology? So we were not able to give answers. It took six months, but we invested a lot on branding NMAX. Usually we have we used to have in Tech Mahindra uh, every year hundreds of analysts we used to have in every country. Because we want to tell that what new innovations we brought in, how it will help the customers or not. Now I have to change that NMAX to something else. After investing this much, you know how much resistance will come from even management, right? Then such a way we changed that. I don't want to get into the story called digital enterprise business. Satyam was known for Oracle, SAP, BI. It was better or one of the best companies at that time. And Techmahindra was known for cloud networks, the telecom mobile and all. So that means at that time, digital means only that, mobile, cloud and network. Of course, now digital means a lot of things are there, right? So when Techmahindra is known for digital and Satyam was known for enterprise solutions, why not we call a digital enterprise solutions or digital enterprise business? I think that changed the whole game. Then we, myself and along with the team, we gave a definition to a characteristic to uh, digital enterprise means what? So some six characteristics identified and then we did a crowdsourcing. At that time, I did not know even there was a name called crowdsourcing, of course. I realized it is crowdsourcing. All vertical heads uh, we invited, we had discussions, just simply how to move Tech Mahindra. My charter was 39 units, we have to make them digital to offer digital solutions to my customers. That was my chart, right? So you have Oracle, SAP, Microsoft, IMS, uh, engineering services, uh, general Javas of the world, and then you have sales, marketing, uh, then pre-sales, all functions, right? All cylinders have to be fired. We basically get into that orbit of digital. So that was a uh, uh, great challenge. Two learnings I want to give you here, just quickly. So one is uh, IT companies are known for, in the past, even now, maybe tier one, they mastered a little bit. We used to sell, I have 350 case studies, I have 4,000 people, I have great uh, uh, problem people soft competency, Oracle competency, so technology abilities, number of people, number of case studies, and we were the pioneers in global delivery model, everybody says that. One of the CEO told me, VSR, you remove that logo. Which Indian company is not saying the same thing? You guys are the same. You guys tell the same thing, right? So that triggered, hey, I think this is not the way we sell digital. At that time itself, it started. The budgets are moving to businesses, business guys are becoming more and more decision makers, CMOs, all these things are coming in, right? Then we changed the game. We introduced six, uh, eight new offerings, okay? Eight new offerings. That means you have to redesign your services, right? That is a sort of a template on all practice units, SAP, Oracle, all businesses have to make sure they have to contextualize these offerings to suit to their technology. That's one. Another one important thing we did it is, I introduced something called Digital Business Solution Store. App Store was very famous at that time, App Store, App Store and all. Then out of this uh, crowdsourcing, we got 150 solutions where the solution is nothing but problem, 
business problem then what is the uh, sort of uh, context it is and what solutions are there in the market what deficiencies are there and what are all the, the solutions in the problem context if any regulatory or economic challenges happening in the world consolidate all those things and define a problem statement that's the business problem statement design the solution using technologies that means what design solution means hey what process change i have to bring in if i bring this here cloud and analytics on mobile together can i change this process or any new skills to be introduced at the customer side or any new service to be offered at the customer side that's where your solution design happened with consolidation convergence of technologies after that we call okay now we need id services to implement this solution that means that is a 20% of my selling 80% of my selling is i know your industry i know your business problems i know what your competition is doing i know what solution deficiencies are there available what your future looks like this is the way the solution to be implemented this is the combination of technologies to be used now to make this happen this i will do mobile apps development i do something like analytics or i do bpm all this that really clicked like it that's it i think it really it got into the orbit now okay but one thing i learned there it is very difficult to change in the sa industry or any industry what they have been doing for last 30 years the sales guys especially delivery is different you are selling you are selling people technology capabilities case studies now you have to sell solutions so solution selling capabilities needs to be taught to the people i covered 400 plus sales guys traveled all countries everywhere we there but you know one thing probably we were successful 10% 50 people were ready to tell others are your comfort zone that's one second customer challenge in me i like your passion i like your all uh, frameworks you built it and proof of concept you built it what you have done within your organization what you face oh my god this is something i never uh, realized that okay i was only focusing service offerings yes service offerings have to be chosen to go to the market right but what about your internal operations have you utilized what about sales process marketing process delivery process pre sales process right or any business model so all these things have to be looked at that's where the digital tech mahindra and our parent company digital mahindra the programs born okay so i worked with cao at the time we realized that uh, at the time it is something like you learn right what you are doing it all right so we declared that we are something like a consulting firm to you mr cao my team will help you to digitalize then a lot of surprises a lot of uh, things to be closed as a gaps right so that's where we learned oh okay it's not that easy just go and tell so these are all the things needs to be done so when you do internally you learn a lot but you know the loopholes hey i am your podcast host jagdish belwal i had a rich career as cio at tata motors and ge now as an advisor i help organizations transform with technology technology is necessary for digital transformation but not sufficient so i help organizations with the rest of it leadership strategy culture change management etc you can connect with me on linkedin and twitter for now keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on linkedin and you get the best practices so that's it i mean the, the the start of the solution is always with the business problems not with the right. i think uh, you know somewhere as products and uh, product companies and sis we are like you know 
enamored by the technology, the beauty of the technology itself, right? Correct. Uh, instead of like, you know, what problem it will solve for you. And I think that's a very big takeaway that, you know, start with the business problem, define it well, let the customer be confident that you understood the problem well Correct. before you start out the solution. The second big takeaway, and, you know, I call it two ways. One is Chirag Tale Andera is uh, darkness below the lamp. And the other thing is like eating your own dog food. So yeah. what are you going into selling in the market? Are you using it yourself or not? You know, I used to actually do it when I was a CIO. That I would say that, you know, the IT has to first eat its own dog food. Before we go and, let's say, ask the businesses to use Link for training. You know, at that time, it used to be Link. Teams used to be Link. Oh, all right, yeah. So before we, we offer Link as a training platform to business, let us first develop our own internal capability as IT, deliver IT trainings on link. And it's not easy, you know, setting up those processes and everything. So uh, uh, I think some really big takeaways and, you know, for all the uh, tech people who are listening to it, one big way to sell to your customers can be, you know, basically taking your CIO in front of customer and, you know, asking him to tell a tale of how you have implemented it within your really big takeaways uh, there VSR. So VSR uh, question which I had, which I'll come to later, which is about the Indian SIs. But you know, I want to really jump on to like in your book again in the interest right. of time, the people thinking. So tell us about, you know, I'm sure this book really distills all your knowledge and experiences uh, of two decades of experience. Tell us about your book and, uh, and, and you know, and how it can help people uh, in their digital transformation. Right. So first, I think important uh, trigger point when I was addressing audience at Australia in analyst meeting, I said IT era is dead. Then immediately the CEO said, what are you talking about? How we can say IT era is dead and all? IT is dead. And I said, I never said IT is dead. I said IT era is dead. So what does it mean? As organizations, I realized uh, we as IT organizations as system integrators cannot survive, sustain with just IT. The future is in DT. I defined at that time that DT is nothing but digital technology, is the fusion of IT, or you say, let us start like that. I redefined CAO just to make it simpler. Communication collaboration technologies plus information technologies plus operational technology, which we never worked in our lifetime as IT guys. Operation technology was somewhere in the soft floors or some other very niche, right? That was entirely different, right? And the communication collaboration also, we used to have whatever required. We never gone to detail. So that means the telcos were there for communication and maybe uh, the Caterpillar or Siemens type companies were there for the OT and we are the IT guys. So first thing, there is a paradigm shift required in our thinking. Solving problems with technology means with the fusion of technologies, that's where IT plus CT plus OT. Of course, now you call biotechnology, nanotechnology, ladder, you can add so many things, right? So that is the first trigger point for me. That's one change we have to bring in. Fundamentally, that is one. And second, as IT companies, if you look at 1950 onwards, what we focused was processes. IBM mainframes, uh, then mini, mini frames, client server, internet, SaaS. What we talk, supply chain management process, CRM process, PLM, new processes got added. But what you did, you automated, now you digitalized. When I say digitalized, you add a mobile access or you integrate with some IoT or not. But everything is something like a process digitalization. But that doesn't help. My experience when I spoke to so many people, when I was in Tech Mahindra with CXOs and CAOs and CTOs, I realized that 
technology is not just for processes that's where i realized there is something else also needs to be done my trigger point is at that time business anatomy is what you like human anatomy you have so many organs we have to first understand it guys usually we don't put time to understand business anatomy in a human body in it if you take maybe we focus on health, uh, brain and liver or brain and heart for example but what about other parts as a human body it should be healthier right then i realized i think uh, what about business model whatever your vision has to be changed and your business strategy has to be changed with this technology fusion and your key performance indicators have to be redefined so like that i come up with 12 building blocks at the time 12 were not there in my mind at the time 6 or 5 were there very honest when i was in tech mahindra because my brain also learning at that time right so after i left tech mahindra i did so many consulting engagements and mentoring engagements and also execution champion engagements when i say that i don't leave there blueprint i also made sure that it is implemented and the program is done then i learned oh okay this is beyond that that's where this business anatomy with the 12 building blocks board if you say i am a cio or if you say i am a strategic business unit head in a system integrator xyz the fundamental question i ask is hey guys Mr SI are you ready to digitalize these four business clusters or 12 building blocks that is the next generation company in fact i left tech mahindra to start one of the world's first business technology company not it company i should start a business technology company this business technology company means the technology which will create new opportunities in the business right so with that i think uh, first point Uh, so the anatomy has to be understood uh, whether you are a cmo and cmo so what when in past if you look at you came from that side yes, uh, uh, building blocks yeah so can you just explain i think you explained it so let me uh, give you my uh, view of it the first one yeah. the uh, you know uh, business blueprint in terms of like you know what is your digital business vision Uh, how will your business model change? How will your business strategy change? And what kind of business outcomes you will drive from digital transformation? Is that correct? Yeah, did I read it correctly? Yeah, I think that's uh, right. So this is a CXO's board and a chief strategy officer, business unit heads have to sit together. This fusion of technologies, if they come together, how my business model change? A banking yeah. bank is doing non-banking activities. A new business model with technology. So, uh, so then, yeah, the, the second uh, uh, digitalization cluster is like you know your technology itself, because if it is going to take a much bigger landscape, uh, uh, much bigger play in the business, then you know you need to look at it uh, from a strategy, governance, and architecture point of view, and it has to become more broad based, isn't it? I mean, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. So, IT governance is gone. So, you have to come with a digital technology governance. That means you have now more technologies coming in. When I say the convergence happened, there are twenty plus technologies are there today. The way you govern, and also the software engineering is changing today with all these hyper automations like DevSecOps, RSRE, um, then uh, uh, low code, no code, AML, all these are RPA. So the governance has to be changed. That is technology governance. The strategy here is when three technologies come together, how your technology strategy will be, and when three technologies or four technologies come together, how your architecture will change. Your architecture was Defined probably IT architecture. You have to redesign that. That's the foundation. So now a lot of things, right? Some programmable networks are there, and uh, the architecture. Uh, it's like I basically have an architecture for a two-story building with IT architecture. 
I am looking for now seven-story building. Probably my architecture will not work. Yeah, you have R and D. Uh, if you look at uh, all these big companies, Automoto also, there are a lot of money they spend on R and D. Of course, services also there is an R and D required for introducing. So how technologies will change the product? Today, if you look at a car, it has one million lines of software code. A car is considered as a software system, big systems of systems. You have to test the car like an application. So any product you take today are injected with software, either a baby diaper or a bed sheet or a chair. It doesn't matter. They are injected with software. They are becoming intelligent. So what does it mean if I am the head of the business unit? I should know that I need new products to be introduced to the market. I have to work with CTO, CDO, CAO to make sure that my products are instrumented. They become intelligent. So that's part one. And when it comes to the services, the customer services. The technology is changing the whole landscape. I want to provide now um, anywhere, anytime, using any device. Omnipresent services possible only when you have technologies, personalizations. Okay, today you look at, and uh, tomorrow you look at now metaverse and all. After five ten years, the complete services landscape will change. So that's where the technologies are driving now the product designs and selling. You have to know yeah. that. So how yeah. can you, if I am a system integrator, strategic business unit head, or a CEO. I should also look at how I can offer services to digitalize the products, digitalize the services, not just processes. So, so yes, we move towards the digitalization cluster, the last one, business operation. Yeah, this is uh, very interesting. Again, if you look at the operations, you have COOs and then uh, chief sales officers. All processes, if you look at in the industry, you, I think you are from automotive. I'm sure you are putting processes at high level, abstract level, right? Take it as a value chain. So I have to sh- make sure that those processes are digitalized. That means how I can reduce the human interventions in that process. So process digitalization is one thing. Then workplaces. If it is automotive, or workplace could be a shop floor, a smart factory. If it is a retail store, it is a, a smart retail store where you have a virtual reality, augmented reality type of a mirror where you can tie your attire. So the workplace is contextual, but technologies are again changing the workplaces. And finally, the operating model, you imagine during pandemic time, we started virtual operations. Of course, IT is known for, we as a system integrators, known for these remote operations for a long time, 20 years, 30 years. But other industries are not known for it. It was very new. But today, the operating models means your organization structures changing. New roles are getting introduced, like chief digital officer, chief mobile officer, chief data officer. So what that means, what? New roles, new behaviors new skills and real-time communication collaborations. Decision-making is happening on the fly. And most of the decisions are happening with analytics, data-based. This operating model has to be completely redesigned. So that's where I said, my dear friends, if you want to see digitalization of your company, look at these 12 building blocks. Don't look at myopic view. This is written in my book. This itself is a big chapter. <laughs> All 12 building blocks, very uh, detailed explanation is done. Yeah, so if I say that, my dear friends, you have to digitalize your uh, building blocks, but it's not like uh, every customer is ready to digitalize everything. It's always evolutionary, modular. Some people may start with process, some people may start with products or services. It all depends on what our budgets, they have capabilities and their competition market trends. But what I identified from my experience in the last seven, eight years I've been swimming, there is no common language for digital. There is no common understanding. And there were so many great business excellence models like Malcolm's Ballard's National Quality Award. And in India also we have something like, I think, uh, Ramakrishna Bajaj's Award. And when I was working in Tata, we used to have JRDQE, Quality Value. 
data business excellence model. All those were basically great models, but they probably did not bring the aspects of digital because at that time digital was not there. You may challenge me, that means those business excellence model doesn't work, but they will work. But they don't bring the digital aspects into your mind. So first thing I thought is you cannot execute digitally with the traditional thinking which you have lost 15, 20, 30 years. Your thinking process has to be changed. That's where I introduced, you have design thinking, you have computational thinking, you have critical thinking, systems thinking. There is a new thinking is required called lean digital thinking. I said digital thinking is fact. You must always make sure the lean aspects are factored even digital uh, so that you can really optimize your resources and all. Lean was known probably in 1913 onwards, 12 onwards, sports started that. But 1990s, it became very popular. That means the third industry revolution. Now we are fourth industry revolution. The thinking has to be not just lean, it's digital. When you combine both, these what? These principles are born. It is a manifesto for digitalization in one way. If you look at here, so one is visualizing, I want to visualize your digital future. What is the thinking process required here? One, you cannot cannibalize your business just for the sake of future, and you can't just stop the future just to safeguard your current. So you need to have a two-speed businesses at a time. One going at marathon speed, other going at sprint speed. My dear friends, also you can't only limit on the future, right? So that's where two speed or better today, better tomorrow. Then change is pretty faster today. You cannot say, I think you remember uh, Jagdish when the essays come to you. We myself uh, used to say that change management. It is fixed. The scope is frozen. Do you think it will work now? Every minute, every day, we are evolving. So what is the most important thing for the CAOs? And the system integrators and the businesses is change is not only constant, which we learn, it is also instant. That means you have to be ready for that. And third is, of course, you have to build new skills, new capabilities, new behaviors. So all those things are very clearly explained. So you have to visualize the future by factoring these things. Then you get a new thinking to visualize the digital future. Second part, you have to acquire a new digital, lean digital thinking to execute well your digital businesses. For that, one of the principles, if you look at lean digital, lean is one principle for me. There are 11 more additional principles got added in addition to lean. That's where it lean digital, right? So fourth principle, if you look at here, how to eliminate the wastes in an organization. During digitalization, you have to contextualize your waste. In the second, third industrial revolution, we said waiting time, overproduction, or reward. Okay, do I have a thinking to predict and improve my business performance? I don't care about AI, ML, analytics, data, that's the next step. But I have to always look at, oh, can I predict my business? Like what happened? What will happen? If it happens, what I have to do? So that thinking process you have to look at. Can I optimize human interventions in my sales process, in my operational process, marketing, production, what I have to do? Okay, and... Today, there is no need to come at one place. There is a real-time, contextual, communication collaboration through, like today we are doing here. A lot of businesses are happening globally through virtual operations. You have to acquire such type of a mindset. Then privacy, safety. Then another important thing, when change is instant and constant, uh, um, one important thing we have to learn. When I was in Satyam, we used to drive 2,500 startups. We never said we are one big company. So you have to divide your company into multiple startups and acquire the agility, risk-taking appetite and run that big, huge company 
as multiple startups, even you are a GE or you are something else, right? That's where the execution. Then social responsibility. And last uh, two things are very important. You always don't sell now. Services and products sell unforgettable moments of experience. You should learn what is experience to the people. You have to learn how to design the experience like you design the products. And you also need to have, when it is digitalization, people have a misconception that the humanity will die. But with digitalization also, you have to bring that human dimension, the emotional aspects. This is what the whole 12 principles, four thinking clusters. I again, a big chapters are available in the book. Uh, these 12 principles, they are not to be 12 building blocks. That's where the book, I think, it talks about what to digitalize and uh, acquiring digital mindset. These two parts are there in the book. Uh, one is like, you know, you have to visualize the future, you have to think about it, you have to think about execution excellence, uh, whether it's operations, whether it's business performance, uh, collaboration, very important yeah, this is what we call uh, the 12 by 12. Or, um, I, we basically developed uh, a 12 by 12 matrix assessment tool that we call Lean Digital Quotient Finder. So, what I built in summary, like ISO, like uh, CMM, you have now a digital business excellence model with the 12 building blocks, 12 principles, 620 lean digital practices if you want to really test whether you are digital or not or the whole anatomy requires 620 practices one hour gone let us say process then maybe 60 to 70 practices you have to test them against that and say that these are all the gaps and you have to fill them that's a good start we have to do don't do it ad hoc so what is the next last five in the 12 by 12 by 12? ah the five is now you know now what to digitalize you know Acquiring that mindset, uh, and you also know uh, when you say I am digital, you have to uh, assess it against these 12 principles. Anything you say digital, okay, my business model is digital. Then I will ask, do you have all these 12 principles embedded into your business model? If you are not, then I'm sorry, you are not digital, right? So that's where I think you understand where you are. But now you where you are, you understand, you know the gaps, you know the problem statements, you know how to create the possibilities, but how to change your organization from today to tomorrow. You call it as a transformation, whatever. Okay. So that's where the lean digitalization is a part, is a journey. Once you are very clear about where you are. So that's where this, I call it as lean digitalization journey. In, in the beginning also, I told you, we are one of the best uh, probably want to become an aspiration, a business technology company. This is, I call it as a business engineering life cycle, like software engineering life cycle. So you have to inspire, that means the cultural and uh, common understanding, common purpose, tell them that this is digitalization. So you are completely creating the momentum. If you are 1 lakh employees or uh, 10,000 employees or 100 employees, it doesn't matter. You have to inspire. That itself is a big subject because the people are moving from, from here to there. Then you have to assess 12 by 12 or uh, 1 by 12, whatever, depends on the appetite and the management commitment, budget, resources, etc. SS. After SS, you are very clear digital strengths and weaknesses. Then you have a portfolio of problems and possibilities. Then you prioritize them. Then you innovate. Again, as I said, uh, uh, the innovation here, it's not like just simply uh, innovate and all. To fill a gap, a digital gap, 
you might need to digitalize a process or you might need to digitalize a product or you might need to digitalize a service that means all these three needs to be digitalized how you do all that you have to design a solution that's innovate then experiment is nothing but after that innovation when you design the solutions here you will have the software engineering will come there so till the first three steps it is a complete inspire assess innovate uh, unfortunately, if you observe here, Jagdish, the system integrators were not great in the Inspire and SS. You innovate, they are known for only few things, not for all building blocks, if you observe. Right? So the experiment comes, that means what? Maybe you come up with solution. I have to digitalize a business model. I have to digitalize process. I have to digitalize product. I have to digitalize service. Then you derive what services, IT services needs to be done, which technologies are required, what applications needs to be uh, built, what infrastructure you have to set up and all will happen. Then you come up with minimal viable product model, then evolve, experiment, experiment, pivot. And finally, institutionalize is another big subject where change management will happen. You train the users, slowly inject whatever experimented as the solutions, they are all institutionalized. So this is again a very clearly explained for anyone who is very new to the digitalization. This is like a handbook to see that, wow, Okay, I have to do this, 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 and these are all the templates, frameworks. So a lot of templates, frameworks also explained in the book. So we just have, uh, I think, great framework, you know, 12 by 12 by 5, the 5, you know, uh, the journey of 5, you know, Inspire SS, uh, and, you know, right up to institutionalized, which is like, you know, and overall, which is the most difficult part, the scaling of those innovations. Yeah. Um, I was actually speaking at, a, you know, at one of the seminars, uh, uh, I would say congregations of a large group where they are running a lot of POCs, but seventy percent of them are stuck at a POC stage. They're not able to broad base it. They're not able to institute that because it takes much more uh, to bring something into the mainstream of operations, right? So, uh, so very very good learnings, and I think it provides a very holistic framework of assessments as well as uh, like you know gives you a kind of journey path, priorities, and all of that. Transformation. Um, now let's move on to one question that I wanted to ask you is that you, know, you have you have been in you have lots of technology managers and CIOs in the audience, and uh, one of the things that I that they're all curious about you know how how best to leverage SIs and what are the strengths and weaknesses of SIs? How best to, uh, uh, to leverage them? See, SI's uh, extraordinary success stories are there. I remember when I started uh, in uh, big companies and all, we used to say we will reduce your total cost of ownership at least 50%, 45%. Right? That's where the story we used to have, that's the value proposition we used to sell to you. <laughs> Maybe you were in GE or you were in Tata. So, what is the end of the day? The CAO at that time looking at is my applications have to be stabilized or reduce the number of tickets or develop new applications, my IT infrastructure has to be available, reliable, etc, etc, etc. I think we mastered in that. The system integrators uh, mastered in that and we showed to the world. That's where I think if you look at what are all the things we have done or not. But is it enough? As a system integrator in the digital era, that's where I told the reason why I come, of course, my dream is very big. It is not easy to realize. Okay, if you want to have uh, this age, digital age, system integrator, we need to go beyond infrastructure and applications. I call them as a dims and dams. Digital application management services is a dams. 
Tim is digital infrastructure management service. That's why he used to say that to my team when I was in Tecmanda. We have to move up from dims and dams, right? So now what? You have so many other things needs to be as a SI. I have to acquire new capabilities to climb up the ladder. Today the budget is moving from CMO to CMO. It's already happened. Tomorrow the budget will go to go from CIO to CHRO. CPO, CDO, like that, the total budgets are slowly moving to businesses. Then my capabilities are not enough even to sell. My capabilities are not enough to impress the business executives. So as a SI, we were extraordinarily well. We did it. Two challenges we have to face. One, we have to climb up. Okay, some companies are trying, but still long way to go. Can an Indian SI help the customers to? Uh, design a new business model using technologies. First time technology has become a driving force. A lot of people challenge me even today. Technology can never become a driving force. It is only enabler. We can have a separate debate and discussion probably ten hours. Technology today is a driving force, no doubt about it. Then, as an SI, I should be able to tell my customer, okay, we have some elements of in- engineering services element. You so you saw that in our SIs, but they are still not known for great innovations. They are known for small components. Somebody gives you CAD diagram and you probably draw it, analyze, and probably small, small component innovations are there. But can you design a new uh, washing machine? Can you be part of that? You need not be designing everything, but you should be able to tell that, oh, my technology is helping now to come up with new features in the washing machine. It's a product. So they have to climb up the ladder. That's number one. Like 12 building blocks, I told. So they have to look at, if not 12, maybe six or five, whatever. Second important thing, I am suspecting and worrying 15 years IT outsourcing might die okay and uh, there is no surprise the reason is a lot of research happening in the whole world autonomous software development today it's not autonomous it is automated as I said DevSecOps or uh, you have uh, low code no code and RPA for SDLC AI for software development AI for testing Right, all these things started now, and uh, software reliability, site reliability engineering, infrastructure as a code, all these things are what your infrastructure applications are all happening through automation. You imagine everything I can do through automation, most of these rudimentary tasks, why I need offshoring or outsourcing, right? So I think uh, a system integrators have to evolve now when slowly these uh, merely autonomous engines are getting built. What is that? It's not like I go and open the center in US and open the center in UK and say, I'm still Indian company. No, I'm sorry. You have to continue with outsourcing. Still, you have to deliver services in the era of autonomous software governments. How the system integrators can prepare that from now is the greatest challenge. So climb up the ladder. And when you're getting into our base things like applications, dims and dams, your complete governance, your tools, your automations, everything change, prepare your teams for that. I think these two are very important messages I have. Uh, audience questions. Let's make it rapid fire, uh, BSR. No quick uh, ones, and uh, you know, then we'll move towards the last leg of our uh, questions, which is you know our rapid fire section as well, and uh, you know your uh, social digital entrepreneurship. Okay. Sure. So uh, we have one question from Seshu, which is like you know, uh, uh, what is clean digital? See, industry 4.0 means uh, I think we all know that there is a cyber system probably last 40 50 years we are talking. 
But the cyber system got redefined today with the convergence of Bitcoin. Yeah. So industry 4.0 is like the how the technology fusion will change the mechanical systems, optical systems, electrical systems, and industrial systems and all. So how the technology will change is the only industry 4.0. But to make it real, you need to have a different mindset and thinking. That thinking you will get from the 12 principles and make the I4.0 reality. Yes, sir, you're good at spotting trends. What do you think is the future of enterprise IT? Which technologies will lead and how will you get up? Okay, so let's apply the rule of uh, future of enterprise IT. Three things and three technologies. Okay. All right, 2010 to 2015, SMAC, Social Mobile Analytics Cloud. 2015 to 2020, IoT, a uh, little bit of MR, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain started. And now from 2020 to 2025, I see the great adoption of uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, internet of nano things, not things, internet of small, small things, even it can be put it into human bodies, the brain chip interfaces and all there. And uh, the blockchain become prominent uh, in 2020, 2025. And last but not least is, uh, we probably get addicted to virtual worlds. That's where the immersive experiences more and more the consumers look for. So Metaverse is going to become a great game changer where you get into virtual world with a virtual reality, augmented reality. You create what you can't create in real world. Most of the customers will demand for that before buying any services or anything. I think these are all sort of, I like, say, the trends you can Guidance to professional over 20 years experience to cope up in today's dynamic scenarios where technology changes both parts in IT analytics. Now they need to compete with the young generation. So this is a reverse mentoring, uh, Jagdish. Uh, already the trend started. Uh, the mentoring is like, we gray-haired guys, only I have some uh, covered. <laughs> so we gray-haired guys, it's not like we only mentors. I think there is a reverse mentoring happening even from a 20 years kid. I asked my son, can you teach me how to play the game because I am getting some interest on Metaverse now. Okay, I don't know. I am not a guy who can play the games. I am asking, can you tell me? So it's a reverse cycling, reverse mentoring. Uh, all these uh, operational technologies are walled gardens, right? And how do you bring a transformation uh, uh, when the gardens are walled? See, today we are talking about uh, ecosystem of ecosystems. Digitalization is not just living in my own world, my company. Uh, even there are competing products. Uh, you are basically forced to integrate. That's where all these microservices or RESTful APIs, uh, things are coming in. So it doesn't matter what platforms uh, in different different suppliers, partners, you, your customers have. The key message I am telling is no need to worry about what heterogeneity they have, but worry about the pipes and plumbing what you have to build. Those pipes and plumbing, you have any necessary tools today, whether APIs are there, any other tools are there, how faster you can do that, how better you can do it. Extend your business ecosystem, irrespective of heterogeneous things, and then leverage the more opportunities. I think that's where I can tell. The process of decision making that you can add a few cents here. I think structure is very important uh, because, you know, uh, uh, from a decision making point of view. So, you in the new world, you know, you can create you can create those empowered structures and very, very clearly outline the uh, the lines of accountability and decision making. I think that's going to go a long way. And I think, you know, here is where, the, especially, you know, when you talk about experimentation, yes, uh, you know, giving some. Uh, Budgets to small little budgets to people for experimentation and let them blow it. That's perfectly okay. You know, let them try some startups. Uh, but 
but just empower that experimentation part and don't don't right and uh, so this is i think again now let's go to one of the questions that i had for you about the uh, open innovation uh, so what should be on city and development okay citizen development is uh, something dicey thing uh, if it is uh, citizen development is something uh, happening in the last 5 years where the business guys are taking decisions to procure some saas product available even without the intervention of the ca or it so i think the governance has to be built that's why i have written in my book how the citizen citizen it development has to be done what business uh, executives can do themselves that's called citizen it development so don't try to have within the businesses so many it silos and do yourselves because of the hurry and all the cao and this citizen it that means the it within the business unit and central cao have to come up with uh, a growth governance and business guys cannot do everything and you decide what business guys can do and use that as an asset rather competing competition i think that's that's also i written very clearly in my book so beyond the structures uh there's a governance at play uh structures cannot take all the decisions sometimes shared decisions are there which need to use the process of governance and i think uh, one of the one of the least understood or you know applied principles in it management is governance uh, and that's why you know a lot of it up in a, in a rural road without much controls and all of that you know you had lots of speed breakers you want to replace it with a four lane highway If you don't take away the speed breakers, we are going to be slower than before. This <laughs> okay. uh, Jagdish, uh, one point when uh, people talked about structure, I see that digitalization will change the whole structures with this blockchain. In the next ten years, a decentralized, autonomous organizations. That, that structure is required for decision making. Structure is required. Uh, to put some controls and uh, structure is required to guide probably so all those things can be done by analytics ai is with recommendations and policies are taken care by smart contracts in blockchain uh, day by day the structures will become thin and flat that can come into the business process of decision making and governance i mean nothing like that that's i think the you know, that's where probably uh, you know the ai bots will sit on the board right Yeah. So, uh, why should an enterprise use open innovation? I don't have internal capabilities, uh, skills to design these new solutions, business models, business strategies, governance, whatever, and all those things. I cannot build everything within with all these technology innovation. Then I have to depend on external experts called gig economy today. So, leverage the globally distributed specialist and get the things done. That's where open innovation. In fact, we built a platform for that. Go innovator, my company. Uh, how do you manage time between so many priorities? Give us some two or three productivity hacks, you know, personal productivity hacks. Jagdish, my strength is uh, responsibility, learning, and focus. Focus is my strength. If you have responsibility and no focus, then you fail. So, I am a portfolio manager. I am not a multitasker. So you know the difference. Portfolio management is different from multitasking. So I think in that way I know when to kill what. So I always plan 15 minutes of my time, other than my day-to-day work. Otherwise, I can't survive because I have to do something different. 15% of my time go to whether community or technology or leadership or something or politics discussing on it. <laughs> okay, so that's great. I think I think that's a very good one. Responsibility with focus. Um, You know, when you look back, one thing that you should have done differently. Uh, 
Maybe I could have planned well my startup. I came with hyper confidence after great successes, of course, failures in corporate. So a lot of unlearnings. Probably if I start startup now, instead of what I did, I could have planned a better cash flow uh, because I underestimated. Your dream is like a bubble script, but you have a budget of uh, <laughs> something, so it doesn't work. So the problem with me is I have bubble script, so they require a lot of uh, uh, this one, right? So I think I underestimated. I'm a little bit struggling that. So I mean, not many people understand the future, the way you want to build, and the way the customers or nations require. Further, you need the like-minded people, even the investors who can understand that future. The dream has to be sold, right? So I think I underestimated that. You have taken the DRDO option. You would definitely not be in this charity chat now. So what would you have done today if you had gone to DRDO? Visualize. See, I'm a very passionate, energetic guy, and uh, I love my nation. I could have followed the path of Dr. Talam. Of course, he did not marry. I married. It doesn't matter. But I could have followed Dr. Talam's path to reach a stage of pinnacle in the DRDO. Maybe Doctor VSR or Doctor Rao. Unfortunately, I'm not Doctor today. What's What's one career option you tried but failed miserably? <laughs> this total my seven years of my experimentation. Two years I completely out of business English. I ventured into politics with one of the superstars <laughs> here. So I ventured into politics. So I liked the way he is thinking at all. So I redefined new age politics. Basically, I went there not to build a not to get into politics, but to build a new ace politics ecosystem, right? So I went there and I basically created a lot of uh, institution building blocks. Uh, a lot of people think that politics is easy. No, politics is maybe 100 times bigger than the organizations what we are driving today. And it is driven by volunteers, not by committed people like us who take salaries. So how do you define new ace politics? Cultivate that US politics, humanity, and a great society is what I built, building blocks and all. After that, I realized thinking is different, execution is different. Politicians are politicians. What they speak, they don't do it. So I went there to become a change agent. If I can reach today 1,000 people, if I engage with the star, I can reach 1 lakh people to experiment my ideas to bring US politics, but I failed. Back to bounce back to my business <laughs> 2018 onwards. No politics, focus on business. So, this is the revenge time. You get to ask me questions. Why you create so many problems to system integrators? Why you don't uh, make us sleep in the nights? You are CEO of so many big companies, right? <laughs> so, always we are firefighting escalations. Some customers say, I don't want to see your face. Don't show me next time. So all we have to accept, right? So whatever, whether your mistake or team mistake. So why? What is, is it because SIs are not meeting your requirements or it is a customer attitude? Um, I think you know, most of the times, you know, uh, there is a facade, you know, with the SIs. Uh, the reality is something different. And uh, I have worked very well with the SIs who have been very, very frank and honest with me in terms of what their problems are. And, you know, then the discussion changes to I trying to help them solve their problems, you know, like sometimes oh. we have done what I call as planned escalation, you know, so we'll say that, you know, this guy is, so the account manager really wants to do his best for me, okay, but he's not getting the organization support. So there'll be a planned escalation where I'll call up somebody as a, 
guys, you know, do whatever this guy uh, wants. You want to support him, otherwise, I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to become nasty, right? Uh, so, so I think it is the bureaucracy of SI organizations that really stops the people on the ground from delivering the best services to uh, the clients. I mean, you know, my only uh, you know appeal to SIs will be like you know just empower your frontline people, let them do what is best for uh, the client. You do your postmortem later, right? Right. Is allow allow them to work with a free hand, and and your customer will be happy. Right. Great. Yeah. I agree. A bureaucracy should not delay the decision making or something. Yeah. So, so it's it's your bureaucracy which makes us create problems. Wow, that was an insightful discussion with VSR. I loved it. I hope you too did. Do subscribe to the Clarity Chat podcast available on all major podcasting platforms. In our next podcast, I will host VS Parth Sarthi or Partha as he is known, who was the Group CFO, Group CIO, and President at Mahindra Group. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat podcast with Partha of Mahindra Group.